Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corrine Pettit, and I'm here today to address the global impact of psoriasis in honor of World Psoriasis Day, which occurs today, October 29th. I'm honored to have the opportunity to speak by phone with two internationally recognized advocates for the psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis community. Our first speaker is dermatologist Dr. Jonathan Barker, professor of medical dermatology and consultant dermatologist at St. John's Institute of Dermatology, King's College in London, where he was head of the department until 2018. Dr. Barker is the current president of the International Psoriasis Council, which works globally to advance the understanding of psoriasis, improve patient care, and support the next generation of psoriasis leaders. Dr. Barker's primary research interests include inflammatory skin disease such as psoriasis, with a focus on genetics, disease mechanism, and discovery of new markers that can be used in the clinic to better predict outcomes to treatment. Also joining us today is Kathleen Gallant, a remarkable volunteer who has been a board member of the National Psoriasis Foundation since 2006 and serves as a board ex officio representative with the International Federation of Psoriasis Associations, also known as IFPA, which champions World Psoriasis Day. Kathleen has had psoriasis since the age of 12 and psoriatic arthritis since age 20. Kathleen was instrumental in introducing the World Health Organization's resolution on psoriasis in 2014, which helped move forward health issues associated with psoriasis. I can't think of any individuals more suited to address World Psoriasis Day than Kathleen and Dr. Parker. Welcome to you both. It's an honor to have you on Soundbites today. So we know millions of people around the globe live with psoriasis. To help provide a more global perspective of the impact of the disease, can you please address the differences one would encounter in different parts of the world? I imagine race, culture, as well as access play a big part in the variances one could see. I think this is a very good question. Uh, There is a huge impact of the disease psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis on patients um, and um, their families. And it is undoubtedly true that worldwide there is huge variation concerning the disease. And this extends from, as you mentioned, um, access to care, which may be the dermatologist, the healthcare professional, the medicines. Cultural differences are potentially huge in terms of perception of the disease and the perception of the treatments. Comorbidities, which is an important part of psoriasis, are highly variable um, around the world. Think about obesity and Um, infections which have major impact on what kind of treatments you can offer and there's also some evidence that that outcomes of the uh, from treatments can be affected by issues such as race and sex of the patient so in other words there is huge variation i can honestly say there is a huge variation but when it comes down to physical and psychosocial impacts Um, I think we as patients experience much of the same around the world since I've I've talked with patients all over the globe and listening to their story, it's my story. Most of what everyone has to say and report how we feel, what we experience is a lot the same. So although there are huge differences when it comes down to it from an individual level, 
we all are really impact in many of the same ways. And what, in your opinion, is overall the biggest uh, issue that people with, who live with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis around the world face? I don't have psoriasis, and I really don't like to answer this question because it's such an important question. But I think it's um, it, it's it's a question that I think um, a, a patient or someone with psoriasis um, could give a much better response than I could. When I'm treating patients with psoriasis in my clinic, I always uh, take the point that I, 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 I can't understand fully how bad it must be to have psoriasis. And I therefore believe and listen to the patients when they're explaining the issues they face. I think one of the issues that pro the profession, healthcare professionals have to do is point out to some patients as if there are issues that they may not be aware of, i.e. Uh, potentially comorbidities or impacts of the, the treatments, so that they get a, a balanced view of what to expect in terms of management of their, their psoriasis. I'd like to say, in my opinion, I think the biggest issue across the board is access. Access to the right healthcare professional, the right dermatologist to diagnose the disease, and access to the right affordable, effective treatments. I, I think that from what I've listened to with meeting with other patients around the world and other patient organizations, I really think it's access. And is psoriasis more common in some parts of the world than others? And furthermore, would you say that prevalence is increasing or is awareness about the in disease increasing? Psoriasis is definitely more common in some parts of the world than others. There are probably two main drivers to this. One is genetics and one is the environment. So we know that there are some races where psoriasis is really very, very rare. We, we hear that, that in tribes in the Amazonian uh, Delta, for example, psoriasis is very rare. Whereas in white people in Northwest Europe, the population prevalence is anything up to about 5%. And then the further you get away from the, the equator, the, 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 the prevalence um, goes up. So yes, it, there's huge variation. And that, of course, is what the Global Psoriasis Atlas project is trying to define, is, is to get a much more accurate picture is at, at a global level of the, the prevalence of the disease. The other thing to say is you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, awareness of the disease seems to suggest that the disease is more common and I think that's absolutely correct. But there is also good epidemiolo epidemiological evidence that the, the, the prevalence of the disease is, is really increasing, not rapidly. Again, it's, it's important to try and work out why that is the case. So you say that it's higher prevalence as you get away from the equator. Does that mean that there's less people with the disease or that possibly sun exposure, UV exposure is keeping symptoms at bay? That's a very, very good point. I don't know the answer, but you're right. It's probably a bit of both. And um, so is diagnosis a challenge? I think at a global level, I think the answer is yes. I mean, I, I would rather hope where patients are receiving care from qualified healthcare professionals that the diagnosis is often rarely in doubt. I think at a global level where most people with psoriasis are probably seeing someone who doesn't have any training, maybe they're getting their medicines over the counter. I think it can be a very big issue. Who do you feel experiences a greater adverse impact on quality of life when a diagnosis of psoriasis is given? For example, is it men, women, a specific age group or another type of group? Well, thank you for asking. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear what Kathleen thinks about that. But, uh, but again, I think that 
adverse impact on quality of life is a, is a highly personal issue. And I am sure, although I don't have any figures in front of me, that it's highly variable again around the world because race and culture are going to play um, an important role in, in determining how people cope with it. And it's not just the individuals who have psoriasis, it's um, their carers and families and people they interact with, that their, their quality of life is involved. You've then got, of course, the issues, it's not just psoriasis, it's where the psoriasis is and how extensive it is. Um, so, for example, we often talk about what's called high-need sites. In other words, external sites such as the face, the hands, the feet, and also sensitive sites such as genital psoriasis. So all of these um, will impact on a patient's quality of life. And again, how it does that is, is very personal. Yeah, I would say, um, in my experience, that I think the greatest adverse impact for quality of life with an age group would be young people. As a child or a teenager or someone in college first getting a diagnosis of psoriasis, I think it's a huge mental impact because you're faced with being told you're going to have a lifelong condition, that there's no cure. Um, oftentimes it is on sites that are visible to everyone around you. And so you're worried about how you're going to be seen socially. You're worried about perhaps how your rest of your life's going to be, if you're going to be able to have children. And as a young person, when I was young, diagnosed at the age of 12, it really impacted me in a very hard way and also my family. And now as a middle-aged woman with moderate to psoriasis where you can actually see it on my face, I don't care. <laughs> Nowhere near as much as I did um, when I was young. And I've, I've heard most patients my age probably say the same thing. So along those same lines, let's talk a little bit about how psoriasis is viewed worldwide. According to IFPA, 77% of those with psoriasis have experienced stigmatization just by having the disease. Uh, so is mental health an important consideration in overall care worldwide? I think mental health plays a huge role in a patient's overall health and well-being, but it's not always recognized as an important consideration when a patient is seeking care. And I think that's very unfortunate because of what we face with the way we feel with psoriasis, often being embarrassed, having anxiety, being depressed, not going out in social situations, and it has a big impact on your overall life. But I, I think that's changing, and we as a patient organizations, and I know that our partners in the IPC and other medical societies are trying to bring that into awareness as well that the mental impact is very, very important. And I think it needs to be included in the patient's overall care and treatment. And uh, Dr. Barker, can you please tell us how the treatment of psoriasis, such as with topicals, phototherapy, and systemics, whether it's traditional or oral treatments or biologics, uh, vary from country to country? And do you envision any changes in the future? Well, the first thing to say is that the treatment varies not only from varies highly from country to country, but from different regions and different parts of a single country. And I think this goes back to your, your first question about access to care and Kathleen's point about this being the, the key issue that, that, that many patients uh, face. The fact is that access to treatment is highly variable. It starts with topical treatments, 
is that some are available in some places and some aren't. And of course, in many places, topical treatments are available over the counter, whereas in other places, they're available only on, on prescription. And so using the medicines correctly is also a big issue. And where I work at St. John's Institute of Dermatology in London, we realize that this is a big issue with the topical treatments and have developed some training videos that, that are available on YouTube to help guide patients about how to use them properly. Phototherapy, the same again, is very, very variable. And of course, if you live in an urban environment, it's possible that phototherapy may be available. But if you live in a rural environment, attending the treatment three times a week for six to eight weeks is probably going to be impossible for many people. And then the same goes for the systemics, whether traditional or the newer biological treatments or the new small molecule treatments, is that the degree to which some of these medicines have penetrated local markets is really very variable. And of course, with high costs, the lack of um, socialized healthcare systems in some places simply means that medicines are not available to patients who need it. Do I envisage change? Yes, I do. Uh, the, the, the fact of the, uh, the matter is that, that some medicines are, going, uh, uh, are now much cheaper uh, than they used to be, and this is the biosimilars that have become available. One is, can only hope that they will improve access to patients in places where they can't afford some of the treatments that the, the more wealthy countries have readily available. So Kathleen, how is psoriasis viewed around the world? Well, all over the world, we found that psoriasis is still mistaken for a contagious disease, unfortunately. Um, it's a natural reaction to look twice when you see psoriasis on someone's skin and even move away if you don't know what it is. And, but we are all working very hard to raise awareness that psoriasis is not contagious and can be managed successfully. And this is why IFPA wanted non-communicable or non-contagious in the first line of the WHO resolution describing psoriasis. But we've also found that in areas of the world where there's a higher awareness that psoriasis is non-communicable, it's often not considered a serious inflammatory systemic disease, but just a topical skin problem. But I believe this is changing this perception. It's a key to getting a patient under coverage under the right health insurance scheme and getting the correct treatment, especially when there's a high risk of other serious comorbidities and accompanying mental health challenges. And so, Kathleen, you mentioned the WHO uh, Health Assembly Resolution that was adopted in 2014. And part of that resolution was to raise awareness about the impact psoriasis can have on people's lives. Uh, can you talk about the physical and emotional impacts of living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis? Certainly. Psoriasis physically um, can be a small nuisance from just a few patches or a disabling disease, depending on the body area affected and the severity of the disease. Psoriasis is uncomfortable, itchy, burning, and painful, and psoriatic arthritis can be, well, extremely painful and disabling. Emotionally, one can feel very unattractive and embarrassed, anxious, hopeless, and depressed, leading to social isolation because of the experience of how people react to us. And a study out of the Philippines reported that among psoriasis patients, suicide ideation is high. And I think this is not unusual around the world in all cultures. But IFPA's reason for pursuing a WHO resolution was to raise awareness that psoriasis is a serious, non-communicable, chronic, disabling disease 
that carries a serious risk of additional comorbidities. And we felt that just having this awareness was the first step to alleviating burden of disease worldwide. So, Dr. Barker, with all the research around psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, and other health conditions, I think there's more than enough evidence to prove that psoriasis is more than just a skin disease. So what is being done globally to recognize this fact and address the systemic, immune-mediated nature of the disease? Uh, thank you for this question. I mean, the, 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 the previous question that you, that you had answered by Kathleen about the WHO um, Health Assembly in 2014 is, I think, an extremely important document because it doesn't just speak for the patient, but it also uh, provides an important uh, message for healthcare professionals to utilize the knowledge that we've gained uh, to do better. And the reason I say that is in that resolution, um, it talks about the stigma of psoriasis, but it it, it talks about the psychosocial effect of the disease but it also talks about other comorbidities of the disease, including psoriatic arthritis and including issues like obesity and cardiovascular disease. By putting all that together, it's kind of telling us uh, that you have to view psoriasis as being much more than just a skin disease. Um, and of course, as you, the MPF, are doing and IFPA are also doing, the, the International Psoriasis Council regards it, it as part of its mission to make sure that the progress that's being made in understanding psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, um, the research that's being done, and, and the, if you like, knowledge about the systemic nature of the disease, uh, that this information receives a worldwide audience. So many, many educational activities around the world are taken to make this precise point. Thank you, Dr. Barker, for reinforcing the need to look at all aspects of the disease. And so, Kathleen, you recently provided a presentation called Optimizing NCD Care and Management about access to care for people living with psoriasis at a meeting associated with the annual United Nations General Assembly. Can you please provide the key reason for the presentation and why was the example of psoriasis used? Sure. Um, Our rationale was that world leaders were coming together during the United Nations General Assembly this year, to, uh, and one of the things that they were doing was adopting a landmark political declaration on universal health coverage. Because of this focus, it was an unprecedented opportunity for IFPA, the NCD Alliance, and the Global Psoriasis Coalition to bring together all of our advocacy efforts in a forum where we had access to key ministry officials and other non-governmental organizations. We felt that if the global community is to realize its commitments to universal health coverage and to health and well-being for all, which is part of the sustainable development goals, health systems will need to embrace new models of care delivery for diagnosing, treating, and managing people with chronic conditions. And psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis are representative of many chronic diseases in that they require long-term care, access and adherence to treatment, psychosocial support, and coordination across multidisciplinary care providers. We wanted to show the relevance of psoriatic disease care in this setting and be part of the solution. 
Are there any strategies being utilized or discussed to address access to care in rural or underserved areas? As you mentioned, psoriasis is a very much a coordination of care between primary care providers and specialists such as dermatologists, rheumatologists, and possibly even other specialists such as a cardiologist. So how can this type of coordination occur in rural areas that might not have those specialists available? I think this is a huge question. And again, it goes back to the issues that we've discussed on this podcast repeatedly um, about access to care. I think particularly when one is thinking about underserved areas, we really do not have a very good grip on exactly how big the problem is. We know it's a big problem, but we, we don't know exactly how big it is. We don't know enough about the number of dermatologists in a particular country or the prevalence of the disease in a, co- in, in a particular country. And this is where the global psoriasis atlas comes in, uh, because this is precisely what it's attempting to do, is an epidemiological study, uh, not just about the prevalence of the disease, uh, uh, but about the, the, the healthcare services uh, available to uh, to treat those those individuals. So this is a very, very big issue. The issue um, about getting specialists together in patients who need it is a problem the world over, um, in, in, including in, in wealthy countries like the, the, the United Kingdom, where I work, for example. And it can often be incredibly difficult to get uh, coordination between dermatologists and rheumatologists, let alone cardiologists, in great part because in many places, dermatologists are working in different hospitals to where the rheumatologists are working. Um, So trying to to join up care can be really very challenging. And again, a lot of work needs to be done. Dr. Barker, you mentioned the Global Psoriasis Atlas a couple times now. Can you please elaborate a bit more on this project since some of our listeners may not know what it is? So the Global Psoriasis Atlas is an epidemiological study that was developed by the International League for Dermatology Societies, uh, the International Federation of Psoriasis Associations, and the International Psoriasis Council. It's, as I say, an, an epidemiological study, and it is designed to try and answer uh, the questions that, that we've just been addressing about the prevalence of the disease and the presence of services uh, to help patients. The, the Global Psoriasis Atlas. Um, is uh, funded by the three organizations I've mentioned um, and also from industry who are involved um, in psoriasis care and is engaged in activities around the world currently to answer those questions that we've been talking about. IFPA has been thinking a lot about how we can help with the question about access to care in rural and underserved areas or coordination. for a primary care-led team. And we're planning on developing a universal health coverage and psoriasis toolkit for our members and our community, which we plan to launch on World Universal Health Coverage Day this December 12th. And one of the tactics is to suggest to our member organizations to have conversations with the PCPs in their areas and where their, their volunteer members live for them to do the same. And to talk about psoriatic disease and to refer them, hopefully soon, to the Global Psoriasis Atlas and other um, resources. It could maybe be in the form of a medical outreach campaign, such as what we've done here in the past in the U.S. with the National Psoriasis Foundation. But we're still, we're still thinking about it. 
Um, but we hope to launch a toolkit sometime after World's Horizons Day this year. Cool. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, so, Dr. Barker, recently you attended the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology, which is a mouthful, so it's also known as EADV, uh, Congress in Madrid, Spain. What were some of the highlights or hot topics from that conference around the management of psoriasis? Well, there was a lot of presentations about psoriasis at the EADV, and the meeting was attended by, I think, around about 12,000 dermatologists. So, so hopefully uh, the message about developments in psoriasis was received by a, a large number of dermatologists. I mean, I think the first thing to say is that new medicines just keep on coming. There were lots of uh, presentations of randomized controlled trials of uh, new biologics and also um, small molecule tablet treatment for psoriasis. It's quite clearly good news in, in terms of drug development um, that new medicines continue to be developed. But of course, the big issue is access to these uh, medicines. So I think that the other important things that took place at the EADV were, for example, the International Psoriasis Council Symposium at the, disease, uh, at the meeting, which was uh, jam-packed with people, in fact, overflowing into the, uh, into the corridors outside where they had to put screens and loudspeakers up so people could hear. And the key thing at that meeting that was exciting for people was that we also talked about using older traditional medicines which are much cheaper and have worldwide access, medicines such as methotrexate. And so we had discussions about how, how best to use methotrexate um, in the modern um, environment. We also had a talk about biosimilars, uh, which are much cheaper alternatives um, and how they could be used in, uh, in, in, in practice. And also we had a talk about big project that IPC has been involved in about redefining psoriasis severity across the community. And this resulted in a publication this year, which uh, was presented um, at the meeting, basically tries to take away the, the quantitative nature of scoring systems when making decisions about whether patients require a particular medicine or not, and thinking about it more from the patient's point of view about when and which is the right medicine for, an for a patient at, at, at a particular time. We've done this exercise now, and now the next thing to do is to share it with patients' organizations such as NPF and IFPA um, to see whether they agree with this, and that's something that's ongoing at, at the moment. So there was, a, there was a lot of new medicines, a lot of ways of using all medicines, redefining disease severity. All of these, I think, were highlights at the EADB. That sounds exciting. It's, it's great to hear that there was so much interest in, in that session. So on that same topic, uh, what advances do you feel will, will occur with treatments for psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis? And furthermore, how has our understanding of the disease changed over the last few years? And what do you see as the most important milestones towards a cure? You're absolutely right. There have been a lot of changes in the last few years. If you look at how new medicines for psoriasis um, has developed. In the last 20 years, there's been an explosion of new medicines compared with what was happening before. I think in very great part has been science-led. The understanding that psoriasis is an Im immunologically uh, mediated disease and that treatments that impact on the immune system are likely to be helpful. I think all of that science has translated into new treatments. In terms of where we go next, 
um, I think that one of the big advances in science will be what we call stratification of psoriasis. And this means understanding that not all psoriasis is one disease, that in fact, if you look, for example, at the genetics of the disease, there are some forms of psoriasis that are due to some genetic changes and other forms of psoriasis um, that are due to other genetic changes. And so we're now beginning to be in a position where we can stratify psoriasis before uh, and, and then try and relate that to the treatment that we then give the patient. And equally, we can, we can look at outcomes to the treatments and then and stratify patients again and say, why did this patient respond to this treatment and another patient didn't? And this is all part of what's often called the personalized medicine agenda. In other words, the right medicine for the right patient at the right time. And I think that this is a very, very exciting development in psoriasis. Um, and I think our treatment of the disease will change significantly over the next five years. You ask about a cure. I, I wish I could be uh, more optimistic about a cure, but there is an awful lot of gaps in our knowledge. And until we can fill those gaps, I'm, I'm afraid I think that a cure is a long way off. But better medicines targeted to an individual patient, um, I think, is an achievable goal. Um, and I can only ask the NPF to continue to support research and to get patients to be involved in research programs because that's the way, best way to make progress here. And Kathleen, throughout the podcast, we've talked about the International Federation of Psoriasis Associations. Can you talk a little bit more about IFPA, like who they are, what goals and accomplishments do they have? Sure. Um, IFPA is a nonprofit global organization which unites national and regional psoriasis associations from around the world. As a key global advocacy organization, we campaign on behalf of all people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, acting as a global voice to put psoriasis on the global agenda. And we work to empower our members by uniting them to strengthen their work. Um, we raise awareness through education and information and help to highlight research about psoriatic disease with our triannual Global Psoriasis and Psoriatic Arthritis Conference, which we hold in Stockholm. In addition to our global conference, our key accomplishments include initiating and leading World Psoriasis Day and our successful campaign for the WHO Psoriasis Resolution and Report. And soon we'll be celebrating with IPC and the ILDS when we all launch the first uh, Global Psoriasis Atlas on World Psoriasis Day this year. So why World Psoriasis Day? What's the overall purpose of the day? The overall purpose is to raise awareness, spread information, improve access to treatment, and give the psoriasis community a voice. And I really think that that's the most important part is that we are all able to speak all over the world on a common platform and have our voice heard. And so, Dr. Barker, you're the president of the International Psoriasis Council, which was founded in 2004 with the help of Dr. Alan Mentor, who was a guest on our show recently. Uh, can you please talk about the work of the IPC? I'm very honored to be president of the International um, Psoriasis Council. IPC is a dermatologist-led nonprofit organization whose the our strap line is enhancing knowledge and advancing care. And we have a vision that the world one day will be free um, of psoriasis. And hopefully that's um, shared by many. Most of our activities are educational and we put on um, a lot of educational events, both at other big meetings like the AAD and the EADB, but also standalone meetings around the world. And uh, uh, we reach 
across continents now. For example, meetings in India and in Egypt and Latin America and next year in Southeast Asia. We also perform some research projects as like the disease severity project that I've already told you about. We write position papers on issues that we think are important to psoriasis. Going forward, we will have a very active project in access to care, also in trying to translate some of these research findings into, into uh, better patient care. The organization that Alan started in 2004 is, I hope, thriving. So the theme of this year's World Psoriasis Day is let's get connected. What do you feel collectively are actions that various organizations such as IFPA, IPC, and the National Psoriasis Foundation and others around the world can do to improve the global impact of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis? I think that um, this theme, let's get connected, is an excellent one because unless we all do work together, um, I think we are doing our patients a disservice. Since I've been president of IPC, I've had the opportunity to speak with NPF and IFPA, and we clearly have many um, strategies um, in common, and I'm sure by working together, uh, we can can do better. And by working together, I don't just mean the professional and patient organizations, but I mean the same organizations um, across countries and across continents. I think we have a much better and louder voice if we're all working together. Thank you, Dr. Barker. You are a great spokesperson for World Psoriasis Day this year. (laughs) I agree with everything you said, and uh, it's very important. Collectively, we can also act to use IFPA's World Psoriasis Day social media messages and all speak with one voice this year with Let's Get Connected. I encourage our listeners and other patients around the world to use the sub-themes for World Psoriasis Day, uh, Let's Get Connected this year. is, And one of them is to have the knowledge that psoriasis is connected to comorbidities. That's really important to know that, to understand it, and to be screened for it. And also um, to connect to supportive communities, to for patients to connect with each other. It's very empowering to have connections and to know and interact with other patients that are exactly going through what you are as well as taking it up a level to associations. When our national associations come together and connect with each other, compare notes, compare similarities and learn from each other, it's very empowering. And then with IFPA, connecting with our friends at IPC and with the International League of Dermatology Societies and NPF and other associations, um, we learn that we have so much in common and we can work together and be stronger to achieve the goals for the patients. Um, So there's been some really great information today. Is there any final comments you'd like to leave with our listeners about the global impact of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis? I think we've covered a lot of ground and important issues relating to psoriasis. And I think it's true that Kathleen and I concur completely um, that the the, the major issue facing the global impact of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis is access to better care. This doesn't just mean better medicines, it means better care. We need more healthcare professionals working with patients all around the world. We need to make sure that the skin, the joints and other comorbidities and psychosocial issues um, are taken care of. We understand this needs to be done. Hopefully some of the 
initiatives that we've talked about are addressing these very important points. And I would just like to say to the individual listeners that you are not alone with your psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Um, Much of the impact that you're feeling from your psoriatic disease is shared by millions of others around the world. We're part of a global community and we're stronger when we connect together. So I want to say happy World Psoriasis Day and get connected. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Barker and Kathleen, for being on Soundbites today and for broadening our perspective about the impact of psoriasis. Uh, the work you both do is truly amazing and benefits so many people worldwide. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. Thank you. As mentioned earlier, today is World Psoriasis Day. Show your support for World Psoriasis Day by increasing awareness about psoriatic disease on Facebook and Twitter, or learn more about what you can do at psoriasis.org forward slash world hyphen psoriasis hyphen day forward slash 2019. You can also connect with others who have psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis through MPF support programs, such as one-to-one at mpf.cronus.com. That's mpf.chronus.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.